You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica in the heart of Silicon Beach. And um, we have a great show for you today. For information on the show, please go to our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com and check out um, interesting tidbits about our guests and also some of the shout outs we'll be doing during the show. Um, so again, that's cyberlawradio.wordpress, and check us out on Twitter at cyberlawradio. But our guest today is a is a great friend of the show, um, Jane Hitchcock, um, and uh, we've had her on a number of times. And she recently was very appropriately honored um, for um, by the Messaging Malware and Mobile Anti Abuse Working Group. Um, they gave her the 2015 Mary Linsky Lifetime Achievement Award for, quote, her efforts in assisting targeted individuals, training law enforcement, supporting anti-harassment legislation, and teaching teenagers how to protect themselves from potential threats. The Lifetime Achievement Award for her work as co-founder of Working to Halt Online Abuse Woe um, is the acronym, and in aiding thousands of online victims. And so, for uh, congratulations for a very well deserved award, um, we bring on Jane Hitchcock. How are you, Jane? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I have great hey, sympathy. I can't wait for spring, I'm so sick of the snow. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, as a native New Englander, it's just amazing the images I see coming out out of there this winter. Um, you know, from last pit week's photographs of the the waves kind of folding onto the beach in Nantucket, yeah. and um, just the, all the images of snow all everywhere. Um, you're up in New York, Maine, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, we got we still got almost eight feet of snow. Our, our fence backyard fence is eight feet tall. And we still have snow up to the top of it. Wow, um, it's just you know, it's funny because here in California we actually had a hailstorm on Sat- Sunday, and we thought, wow, that's really cool. We have weather. Um, 
<laughs> Big difference, but yeah, it has been an amazing winter. And here's the irony: yeah, you know, everyone in your has someone in their family. Um, you know, when they they get to a certain age, and you, you've already got them everything, and you don't need anything. What do you get them? And Slow. so we we have well, we're close. We have uh, you know the matriarchs of our family are these two spinster aunts, and uh, we got them you know snow removal. Okay. And you know, we we hired someone. And we said, "Don't worry, we'll pay for it um, to take care of the snow." And up until the first week of January, you know, they were actually joking about you know how little snow they were getting, and that we really get a bargain on that gift. And yeah. then, <laughs> then things changed. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, we were not expecting this. I mean, my husband does plowing, uh, so it's been a boon for him. But it's like a double-edged sword. You know, he ended up having to get a new plow motor. And, two new batteries and so it's taken its toll on the truck you know as well so it's um it's nice to be able to pay bills but at the same time you're just so sick of it so what was the better part of getting the award you know the the distinction and the recognition by your peers or being able to fly to san francisco in winter (laughs) honestly i was so glad to go to san francisco (laughs) it was wonderful (laughs) but uh no i think uh, I really, when they first uh, contacted me, it was in January, I think it was in January. Karen was the end of December, early January. They let me know that I won it. And my first reaction was, it just felt so nice to finally be recognized for the work that I do, you know, in a formal way like that. Because having done this for almost 20 years, you know, there, there are honestly some days where I feel like just packing it all in and saying, I'm done. And then when... I got this. I was like, "Wow, somebody really does appreciate me." <laughs> so it was pretty cool. I think you and very well deserved. And I, I hope you saw that the the response of others in the community, even though we may not give awards, um, we were all applauding quite loudly when we heard the news. Yeah. So, um, so you, at the um, at the when you reward someone, you actually gave a speech. Yes, and- I. Uh- yeah, I, yeah, what I did was after I accepted the award, um, I did a presentation about how I got into this, uh, how it started back in 1996 when the Internet was still very new for you know most of us old people. Uh, and it was news groups and you didn't have Facebook and all this fancy stuff that we have now and how I was basically stalked and harassed online and there were no laws in place and and I just went through my whole case and how it took me 10 years to find justice. And in the middle of all that 10 years, I started working to halt online abuse. I started training law enforcement, helped get laws passed, and it just kind of grew from there. Now, in working with law enforcement, you know, um, law enforcement has always been hindered by resources. And a lot of them don't come from a tech background. Is that no. change? Is that changing now that you know? Basically, we have what, what they call them, digital natives. You know, yeah. as, they, as they get older and move into the workforce, are, are you seeing that more? Um, that there's less of a kind of a, a tech phobia or a tech illiteracy in law enforcement. I think there is, to a lesser extent, that that when I do my training for at the, at the U.S. Cybercrime Conference, I'm seeing younger people come in and they ba- they know the basics. They know more than the older cops do, and they're easier to train. Uh, some of the older cops, you know, when I start, you know, explaining about full headers and tracing IP addresses, things like that, you can see the smoke coming out of their heads. 
But um, as the workforce is getting younger, you know, with the new police officers coming in, it's easier to educate them. And with the ease of that means that they can handle cyber harassment, stalking, bullying, whatever you want to call the cases. They can handle the cases a lot better than cops in the past. Now, one issue I think that has come up in cyber harassment cases you know, is that lack of education or even maybe lack of facilities in law enforcement um, sometimes leads to a lack of, um, I don't know if it's concern or responsiveness that, um, they, that victims don't always feel that um, the, the law enforcement is very sympathetic to their plight. Uh, I totally agree with that. I actually just had to get in touch with uh, some police um, in a Midwest state because a victim came to us, and this uh, it's a female victim, and she's being harassed by an ex-girlfriend of her current boyfriend and two other women to the point where they actually hired somebody to try and kill her. And she, when she went to police and they're posting on like the dirty.com and on websites and right. Facebook and things like that. And when she went to the police to file a complaint, uh, they said, well, they'll probably going to say that they weren't on the computer at that time with somebody else posting all this information. She's like, um, somebody tried to kill me, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and they aren't, ta- they aren't taking her seriously. So I actually had to use, my law enforcement contacts, and I'm in touch with um, somebody higher up the food chain trying to get them to look into this because uh, it's, it's, it's pretty serious. She said the other day that somebody actually stopped in front of her house when she got out of her car and took pictures of her. I mean, that's pretty scary when yeah. they don't take it serious enough because it's the Internet. And it's, right. it's, it's, like, it's, like telling, it's like telling stalking victims, well, stay in the house and you'll be fine. That's not how you deal with this. Right, and you know, there is there is that I think there is the um, I don't know if it's blaming the victim, but just this belief. You know, there's a constant refrain that the internet is the wild wild west, yeah. and the last people you should hear that from is the marshal. <laughs> exactly. I mean, at the least, if these police officers felt that it wasn't, they didn't feel it was a serious enough thing, they could have said to her, "Well, you know what? You can go to the state police, or at least give them somewhere to go because." I feel for this woman. I, you know, I just don't know what to say. I just looked at this questionnaire where it came in and going, she's getting death threats and this guy tried to kill her and they're not doing anything. What, what is wrong with that picture? And it's almost akin to some of the experiences you hear about rape victims. Yes, that, exactly. You know, the, if you had dressed that provocatively or exactly. you had been out late at night, you know, that type of thing. It's like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean the law has to apply, and um, and I think that's that's you know I see the similarities to an extent that this you know, either well that's just how things are. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's the, the movie out now, um, the Hunting Ground about um, you know campus rape, and uh, you know some of the things that you know victims have been told. Um, one one is that well you know going to a college party is kind of like a football game. You know, if you get injured, you kind of, you know, you kind of plan for it. And yes. <laughs> like, hello, what? <laughs> yeah, that's just silly saying that, well, you know, if you're going to go to a party and people play with drinks until you pass out, well, expect to get raped. It's like, no, you d- d- don't do that. That's yeah, not right. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't even care if, if the woman was a prostitute and dressed provocatively. If she's been raped, she's been raped. Exactly. And so I think that's a hurdle, I think, to the extent yeah. that. There is a lack of uh, sympathy and the, the belief, and also the belief that 
you know, it's just online, you know, sticks and stones, whatever yeah. um, seems to be. But, you know, you would know from your law enforcement background, also just from your statistics. That, you know, for example, your site, um, Working to Halt Online Abuse, you collect statistics and report statistics yeah. on um, cyber harassment each year. Yes. And, uh, and one thing, there was a Justice Department study a few years back on stalking. And it found, I believe the number, correct me if I'm wrong, Jane, but I believe the number is that 25% of online stalking um, eventually progresses to offline. Yeah, and I just finished calculating the statistics for last year, and it's jumped to 75%. It's just it's, to, to threats, yeah, uh, to offline threats. It's just crazy how um, online stalkers and harassers are becoming bolder and they're tending to use uh, some more cases where people are getting things in the postal mail, which we haven't really seen anything. Right, you know, right. Occasionally a letter, but they're getting packages and they're getting you know nasty things and letters and people showing up on their door. It's just it's getting out of control. And I think a lot of it does have to do with that lack of education for law enforcement. But also, on the other hand, if the victim is lucky enough to find a police officer or, you know, state police or whoever uh, that are working with them and they go up in front of the judge and the judge doesn't understand the Internet and throws the case out, what do you do then? Right. And, and actually, it's, that's mm-hmm. a good point um, because, you know, yes, police forces are getting, you know, have constant people coming in and they're getting younger and they're getting, you know, obviously a little more um, tech savvy. Judges... Um, come in at a slower rate. Yeah. And um, so I don't think you're going to see necessarily that kind of repopulation of tech-savvy judges as you might with cops. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit slower. I I totally agree with you because I've had that happen to me on uh, three cases where I worked with the police officer and the victim and made sure they had all their ducks in a row. When they went in, they had all the evidence and the judge just basically looked at them and said, um, I don't understand how the internet can be used like this. Just stay off and, and kick the, the case out of court. And, you know, of course, the first thing that the stalker did was go back online and crow about it. I I actually had a case, and, and, and of course, this was in the judge's chamber. She didn't do it open in court. She, you know, it, often, you know, victims in these matters, they go to get a restraining order. And the restraining order court is usually someone that handles a lot of domestic violence cases and family cases. Mm-hmm. And so they're not very tech-savvy people often. And um, I had this one judge who said, listen, I, I just I do family matters. I don't do Internet. So um, if you want to pursue this and risk rolling the dice and going to, a, going to the hearing instead of settling this right now in, in chambers um, – you know, I can't. You, you can't necessarily count that count on me um, going the full way with you, yeah. and um, which was just astounding. You yeah. know, the fact that a judge is basically saying, you know, I, I don't do these type of things, and not like, okay, give me a um, what's a give me a recess, and I'll get my bone up on it. It was just, yeah, no, I. You know, I do these things, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. And you can take your, you know, fruit for a little internet case and go someplace else if you want. But uh, I strongly suggest you settle. Well, yeah, that's one of those things where if a judge is willing to admit, I really don't understand matters like this, they should recuse themselves and have another judge take over the case. Uh, you know, it's just, that's just 
seems to be the mo most logical thing to do, but they, I don't, I think they're too embarrassed to admit that they don't know, you know, and like you said, it was in chambers, so it's not like they're doing it in the courtroom saying, exactly. I'm an idiot, I don't know the internet, <laughs> you know? Bingo. Yeah. So, um, when you spoke, um, at, you also outlined certain steps people can take to avoid or mitigate um, cyber harassment. And yeah. What were some of those? Well, I, the first thing is, and you know, by the time victims come to us, they've, they've gone beyond this, but what we recommend to people to do is if somebody is harassing you online, the first thing you should do is send them a message. Very simple. Please stop contacting me, and then don't respond after that, but keep anything that they may continue to send. And that's the hardest thing for victims to understand is, uh, they want to defend themselves, but they don't understand that when they keep saying, why are you doing this to me? Stop doing this. I don't know why you're doing this. And, and they keep it on and on. That's just fueling the harasser's ego and making them think, well, what else can I do to make this, make this right. person feel worse? And it's so hard to get victims to understand the best thing you can do is basically sit on your hands and don't respond no matter how hard it is for you not to say anything. And that's the primary thing. And then after that is make sure that they've complained to the correct people. If it's via email, did you complain to the ISP, Internet Service Provider? Uh, if it's uh, Facebook or Twitter or another social media site, did you complain to them? Did you go in and change your account settings, your privacy settings, so that only people that are following you or that or your friends are the ones that see your posts? Uh, they you know, simple things like that. If it's an app that you're using on your smartphone, did you contact the app developer? They do have abuse addresses. They do have forms or places where you can go to. It might take you a little while to dig around and find it, but they do have places where you can go to to file a complaint and file the complaint and block these people. Uh, it's it's so hard. It's like yeah, there's uh, one that you know, and I'm not going to say anything any names, but you know what I'm talking about. Right. Where they, they're still like letting them post things on their Twitter account and, you know, Facebook and other things, and they're complaining, well, nothing. It's like, well, you're not listening to me. I'm giving you advice on how to protect yourself, and you're not doing that. And then, you know, and then they're saying, well, I shouldn't have to do that. It's like, well, yeah, you should have to. You, sometimes you need to bite the bullet and take precautions to protect yourself instead of putting yourself out there and uh, it just, you know, it's so frustrating sometimes when you don't get victims to listen to you. And it, yeah, I understand that and um, all too well. And um, <coughs> the um, question I have on that is that um, in, in your experience, what services have been very effective at responding to complaints about abuse and which ones have been, say, um, not so swift? Well, I did give a shout out at uh, the conference to Comcast because from the very beginning, they have been very responsive to us. Not only they didn't send a, a form reply saying, we've got your case, blah, blah, blah. They actually sent a personalized reply saying, we're looking into this for you. And then they got back to us and let us know what actions they took. And um, I actually had, you know, I ended up having lunch with some of the guys from Comcast, and they were very pleased that I mentioned, I said, you guys are, are great. I wish, you know, more were responsive like that. Uh, and like the last slide I gave was what I'd like to see from, the tech people, you know, the uh, websites, the ISPs, and the first thing is take these seriously. And the second is, even if it is a form reply, please respond to the victim's complaint. 
you know, even if it's as simple, we're looking into this, uh, we can't promise that we'll let you know what happened, but at least respond to them because victims come to us and they say, well, we filed a complaint, we, we don't know if they got it. They never responded. Or we don't know what's going on. And it's very frustrating for the victim to figure out, well, it's quiet now. Does that mean it's going to start up again? Or did they cancel the person's account or what's going on? And that's probably my biggest dream is for them to be much responsive take these cases seriously it's so easy to tell if it's a minor disagreement versus somebody really being harassed to the point where they're uh, basically afraid to go out of the house right um but we're gonna we're not afraid to take a break and okay. but when we come back uh, we'll have jane talking more about um, which services are our responsive and which ones aren't um after these messages you're listening to cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. All-Inclusive Market is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in All-Inclusive Marketing means award-winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Names.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash Webmaster Radio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. 
And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly talking with Jane Hitchcock on, on her very distinguished award for her lifetime achievement in being a warrior against cyber harassment. Um, for information about this broadcast, go to our blog, which is cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. And Jane, we were talking before the break about services that are good in responding to um, abuse complaints and those that are maybe, um, let's just say, not so good. <laughs> and you mentioned Comcast. Anyone else you'd like to single out on the on the good side? On the good side, actually, AOL uh, and yes, people still do still do use them. They've gotten much better. We had a big problem with them when we first started getting cases back in like the late '90s, early 2000s. But the last few years, they've been extremely responsive. And I did talk to one of the guys from AOL about that, and you know, they were happy to hear that. That's for sure. <laughs> And now let's um, let's go to the from the heroes to the zeros. Um, who who, um, who stands out and not being particularly responsive? Um, is there anyone you'd like to throw the book at? Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, literally. Um, they're extremely hard to get to take uh, online harassment cases seriously, especially when you have the not only the victim but the victim's family and friends filing complaints about. Not only the harasser's account, but um, if there's been a forged profile, uh, pages or groups made up about them, they take forever to do anything about it. And it really drives me crazy because when, like I said, by the time the victims come to us, they've usually already explored all the avenues of file complaints and they're just so frustrated and you know, I, I, and I did talk to one of the Facebook guys, and I said, you know, I said, you guys are just so adamant about canceling people that have profiles for their pets when you really should be focusing on the harassers and the scammers uh, that are out there. Uh, you know, people who have pet profiles actually play games more often and click on ads more often. You think you want to keep them, but they have this, just been on this rampage that if they see a profile that has a pet picture and it looks like it's pet profile, they cancel the account, which kind of boggles my mind, but hey, that's just me. Right. Yeah, Twitter, to- Twitter's another one that they're trying, at least, you know, now that they admit that they have been really poor in handling abuse cases in the past, and which is true, uh, but at least they are trying to do something. I, I think one of the complaints I have about Facebook is the, the lack of, the black hole aspect. You know, there's yeah. a lack of transparency and you know, for someone in my situation who makes complaints on behalf of other people um, and will have multiple issues pending, I just got a response that says, thank you for your inquiry with no context for me to even know which one it was. And right. and, and then when I responded, I got a response that said, thank you for your inquiry. <laughs> and so it's just, I, I think they, they of all people have the resources, the capability, and I think the responsibility to try to do more in that space. I totally agree. Uh, you know, the one thing that I said, you know, uh, on my list of my wishes, uh, things that they would do, I said, you know, quite honestly, I said, you're looking at the governments like China and some of these other third world countries are limiting uh, online accounts and, you know, demanding that people prove that they're a real person. I, and I told him, so, you know, quite honestly, I said, I don't see this happening anytime soon, but if we had to prove that we were a real person when we open up an account anywhere, my organization probably wouldn't be around because then people couldn't open up 
fake profiles or forge a profile in a victim's name. And it's so easy to do that or open up email accounts. And then once that gets closed, you know, open up another one. I mean, that, that's what happens a lot is they'll right. get one account closed and then they open up a new one. And it but, just defeats the whole purpose. But the, the, the counter argument to that is it's the old Federalist invocation of the Federalist Papers. And, uh, you know, talk about, you know, famous anonymous speech. A lot of the Federalist Papers were done under pseudonyms. And, um, and so and what, what is more famous of example of, of anonymous political speech than that? Well, you know, that's something that would have to be looked into. I mean, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not really truly anonymous online, no matter how much you think you are. And I think that a lot of this hate speech and harassment and scammers would tremendously just go down if we had to prove that we were real people. And yet would limit, you know, a lot of stuff. But you know what? That's life. I'm sorry. Because if we don't do something, I told them, I said, if you guys don't start doing something now to try and mitigate and lessen the harassment that's going on on your sites, your apps, you know, whatever it is, your email accounts. I said, the government is going to step in and we're going to be limited as to what we can do online. And I, I hate to say it, but I see it going that way. And has, do you see any movement that direction either at the state or federal level? Um, well, there have been grumblings about it lately, um, a lot of grumblings about it. And I just have a feeling, and this is just my gut feeling, that if that's eventually where it's going to go. Uh, Vince Cerf, was it last week or the week before, warned, if you've got pictures on the Internet and you don't have them saved to your hard drive or on a USB thing, you better do it now because uh, he's seen the future like I am. The Internet's not going to be ours anymore. It's going to be the government running it. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that, but the, the one issue I, I, do you see any changes that you would like to make? So if you're brought into, um, Augusta or any other state capital and they say, okay, Jane, what can we do to make things better for online users to, to protect them from harassment? I think the, the best thing to do is, um, education. Uh, letting people know that when they open up an account that the default options that are there aren't necessarily what you want. And, you know, for example, Facebook, uh, when you join, unless you go into your privacy settings and account settings and make changes, your profile is available to anyone else that's on Facebook and sometimes to people who aren't even on Facebook. And a lot of people don't know that. They just kind of assume that Facebook and Twitter and these other places are keeping an eye out on them as a user, and they're not. And um, that's a very good point. Any other things you'd, you'd like to see changed? I'd like to see uh, ISPs and websites and whoever that have abuse teams have their abuse teams trained correctly. I'd be happy to help them. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you have it, everyone. And uh, if you're listening in Mountain View or at, what in Seattle or – Wherever you may be, Jane Hitchcock is, um, has the bat phone ready to go. So um, now speaking of online crime, um, I happen to know someone who wrote a book on online crime recently. Um, and um, do you care to tell us about that? Oh, you mean me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, it's True Crime Online, Shocking Stories of Scamming, Stalking, Murder, and Mayhem. And it's true stories that ripped from the headlines basically that started online and sometimes went offline 
uh, included are like the Craigslist killer, the first online serial killer, online cannibals, um, a lot of, you know, the cyberbullying involving like Phoebe Prince and, you know, some other pretty well-known cases, Megan Meyer, online dating gone wrong. It's a little bit of everything uh, that you read about and it, uh, you see the short version in the, in the news and these are kind of the longer versions of them. And uh, they were very interesting stories to investigate and research and then putting them in the book is just uh, kind of mind blowing on some of them, especially the online cannibal one. I still, it was kind of a joke. I was just looking for unusual online crimes and I killed that went, Really? <laughs> that's weird. That, yeah, I think that's the understatement there. Um, any thoughts on like maybe making it a documentary or something? I would love to, and I've sent the book to uh, like Investigation Discovery and a few other people that are doing things, but nobody's really shown an interest. I think it would make, honestly, I think it would make a great TV show, a TV series. Yeah, or, yeah at least, you know, I don't know if you, it definitely a, you know, a multi-series yeah, because it's all different stories. Yeah, um, I mean, I think- and it's not just the book. I mean, I could, I could even pull more out, you know, from real life, and and, and probably fill another book with them. Um, I have just typed in onlinecannibal.com just to see if it is. <laughs> just, I was just curious as whether that's a website. And um, well, if you get a knock on the door from you know, the police later, don't call me. I don't really. Oh, oh luck, oh, bless, bless their hearts. Um, Verizon is telling me online cannibal is not a website. So, um, they, you should probably buy that chain. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, so, I'm actually, um, I'm actually working on another book right now. Tell us about it. Uh, it's, uh, it's about cyberbullying. And I just got the contract last month and I have a year to write. It's going to be mainly for about, uh, kids and teens who are being bullied, you know, online and, right. you know, of them have gone offline, so it's targeted more for adults, you know, parents, teachers, and that kind of thing. But I'm hoping it will reach a lot of people when it does come out. I think something helping parents understand what they can do and how they can monitor um, and maybe detect that this is going on because you know tragedies like Amanda Todd and others yeah. that we we've talked about in the past that you know just have to be avoided. Yeah, I mean, I was just talking, my, my local paper is doing a story about my award, too, and I was just talking to the reporter yesterday, and uh, I told her, I said, what I tell parents when I do my talks uh, for them is that until your child is out from under your roof and paying their own bills, you have every right to put monitoring software on whatever they're using, you have every right to know what their password is, you have every right to know where they're going online, you don't have to look over their shoulder, but you right. need to you need to be aware of what they're doing so that if something unfortunately does happen, uh, whether it's your child comes to you and says, hey, I'm being bullied by somebody or your child disappears, uh, you can go in and look and see what's going on without having the police come in and have to you know, break into the accounts and figure out what's going on. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where parents have got to stop being their child's friend and be a parent. And that's tough. I mean, yeah. when parents... Um are just busy and have a hard enough time being engaged on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, so then yeah, that's an extra step. And um, so um, definitely an important point. And that's, I think a lot of people are going to be waiting to see that book. I think that'll be very well received. Um, so people want more information about you and woe. Um, where, where should they go? Uh, they can go to haltabuse.org. 
And if they want more information about the True Crime book, it's truecrime-online.com. Great. And um, do you have any any other um, speaking appearances coming up if people want to try to catch you on your um, U.S. tour? <laughs> I don't have anything that the public would be invited to. I mean, I am going okay. to Mexico in May, which I can't wait to do. But <laughs> well, what, what, what part of Mexico? Uh, is it Cabo San Lucas? I have to look at the thing again. It's one of those, one of the on the West Coast there. Oh, that's this. Nice. I'm yeah. going to be speaking to Mexican businessmen about identity theft and fraud and scams. Wow, that, that's that. Too bad you didn't get that in the in the winter. But there's Cabo. I found Cabo was that would have been nice. <laughs> Cabo is very beautiful, um, and strangely, you know, because it's um, it's where the Pacific meets the the kind of Sea of Cortez. You know, depending on what side you're on, it can be quite the water can be quite cold. Well, that's okay. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to go on the water. I'll be happy to be on the beach. That's true, <laughs> and, and yes, it is a great place to be. So uh, I want to thank you again and congratulations. Uh, on a very, very well-deserved award. I want to also thank you for being a great friend to the show. And um, so, everyone, um, if you're listening, give a mental huge round of applause to Jane for her outstanding career in this space. And uh, we look forward to hearing about your book. And um, and congratulations again, everyone. Jane Hitchcock, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to do some news updates and wrap things up. Um, you're listening to Cyberlaw Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Internetmarketinginc.com is one of the fastest-growing full-service digital marketing agencies in the country, specializing in providing results-driven online marketing solutions. Internet Marketing Inc.'s passionate team prides themselves on staying ahead of marketing trends to create and implement campaigns that get more traffic to your website, gain positive brand awareness, and drive conversions. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing, and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and a very hearty thanks to Jane, um, who's been uh, great to have on this show many times. And also, I've worked with her 
Um, professionally, um, we've done a number of cases where we've kind of our paths have overlapped. And uh, so I want to thank her and her organization, Halt Abuse, um, for all the work they do in this space and for educating people that there is something you can do, um, which is very important. So um, big um, thanks to Jane once again. Now, in the, in the time we have left, um, there's some news updates I want to go over. Um, obviously, last week we did a show on net neutrality on the eve of the FEC vote, and uh, it was quite a historic vote, as you might guess. Um, and uh, they have approved by vote of three to two the um, open, um, the revised um, net neutrality orders. And um, if you watched any of the debate, um, it was actually quite eloquent. And um, Commissioner Clyburn was um, particularly eloquent in you know, discussing how um, the founders would actually be quite proud of how this was conducted and the fact that 4 million people were participating in this process and making comments. And the commissioner heard them loud and clear. And so um, the net, this is just the first step in the net neutrality debate and battle. Um, Congress has already indicated a number of um, Republicans have signed a letter indicating that they will seek to overturn the regulations and, um, of course, it almost certainly will be a court challenge. But it was a, a very um, bold first step, and uh, so we will see what happens next. But um, we have a, a link to uh, a blog entry from um, the Internet Law Center, my firm, about um, the vote, and that goes, it covers some of the, um, the eloquence that we heard that day. Um, but it was an important vote before the net neutrality vote, and we we've been a big supporter of um, state of uh, cities that have tried to introduce what is known as ultra broadband, very high speed broadband, such as in Chattanooga, where they have the fastest internet in the country at, at one gigabit um, speed. And um, well, Chattanooga actually. Um, was trying to expand its service into a neighboring jurisdiction that wanted to have the benefits of Chattanooga's high-speed internet, but the utility, the cable companies, um, have managed to get laws passed in 20 states limiting the ability of state broadband providers, of municipal broadband providers, to um, expand operations or even begin operations in broadband, and the FCC, which is tasked by Congress with um, making ensuring the expansion of broadband nationwide um, decided that that was contrary to um, Congress's intent and actually preempted the state laws and granted Chattanooga's um, and uh, a North Carolina jurisdiction's petition um, to um, be re- relieved from the restriction of the state laws. And so that's an interesting debate. We've had people on before. We've also had Chattanooga uh, representatives on the show a couple of times to talk about what the, the great things they're doing there. So that was an important development um, in um, the FCC last week. Um, another important development that's going on right now is the Ellen Powell trial. It is the um, Kleiner. She is a former um, VC with Kleiner Perkins and uh, – she um, is now the interim CEO of Reddit, and she has sued. Um, she has sued her former employer for gender discrimination, 
and uh, it has become a trial that has opened up the curtains um, to what goes on in Silicon Valley. And, for example, one of the allegations in her complaint is that women were excluded from client meetings um, because they were a buzzkill. And uh, this comes at a time just as Newsweek had a cover article in February, what Silicon Valley thinks of women that highlighted other discrimination cases, for example, um, in Tinder, where the co-founder um, yanked another um, co-founder um, title um, because having a woman on the board makes the company seem like a joke. And then there was um, another Silicon Valley um, VC firm where a partner actually would trap female employees in his office. Um, and there's a growing kind of uh, concern or awareness that Silicon Valley is not necessarily hospitable to women, and um, which is a very important, very concerning um, issue. And um, so when you have someone like programmer and blogger um, Ash Dryden ask the question, should we be encouraging women to get into the pipeline, um, meaning getting to, you know, start entering the workforce in tech in Silicon Valley um, when we know the pipeline leads to a sewage treatment plant. Um, and then, you know, as Jane mentioned, uh, to an extent in talking about, you know, some of the cyber harassment on this show and in the past shows, um, you know, Amanda Hess recently had an article in Pacific Standard, uh, Why Women Aren't Welcome on the Internet, that details how women are more likely to be targets of online abuse. And um, Sunday is the uh, International Day of the Woman. And I, I think this might be a good time for uh, those of us in tech to evaluate. You know, Houston, do we have a problem? Um, and I'll, I'll leave you with this statistic. You know, 20 years ago, um, men accounted for 97% of all partnerships in VC firms in Silicon Valley. And naturally, you would you know, you, you'd expect that we've made great strides in 20 years. And we have. Um, now it's, it's only 96% of men of, in partnerships are men in VC firms in Silicon Valley. So you know, a, a whole 1% in 20 years suggests that we, you know, there is a problem going on here. And you know, I, don't, I don't mean to prejudge the Ellen Powell trial, but it, there is certainly an issue. You know, we've seen some of the kind of frat house um, behavior that is in which VCs seem to turn a blind eye to in companies like Snapchat and you know, Uber. Um, and, you know, that, that sets a tone. And I guess the question is, at what point do we change the tone and how do we change the tone? You know, because there are a lot of talented women in tech and, you know, we could be losing the next great innovation because they're being forced out of the field. So, um, Important issue, and uh, we'll definitely be following it. We'll be following the Ellen Powell tri trial, um, and we'll be interested to see what happens at the end of that trial. Uh, we do have a, a few shout-outs to make. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, congratulate um, Ted Liu. Um, he was the uh, – remember we had the Silicon Beach congressional debate um, last year for um, candidates seeking to fill the seat of Henry Waxman, the – long-serving congressman for the Los Angeles area. And um, Ted Lieu was one of the participants and actually the first participant. And he has not only got elected, but since moving to Congress, 
he um, was elected class president of the incoming freshman class there in the house. And uh, he actually had a very touching ceremony and um, redoing his swearing in, having a local swearing in um, before a number of uh, dignitaries and um, activists. And uh, it was really a great ceremony, except for the fact that the fire alarm um, went off in the middle of it and it had to be pouring rain outside. But um, a lot of interesting things were said about uh, Ted and, um, he's clearly someone I think he's going to, we're going to have to watch. Um, he is, um, I think he will, there are big shoes for him to fill, and I think he's quite capable of filling it. So congratulations to Congressman Lou. Congratulations to our good friend Mark Rendaza, who's been on this show quite often and always very, in a very colorful way. And um, as always, Mark does things with style, and he just got a $900,000 revenge porn judgment against Eric Chanson and Kevin Bullard, um, who operated the uh, revenge porn site You Got Posted. Um, way to go, Mark. Um, cheers. Um, drink, drinks on me next time we are, we're together. Um, also, this is National Consumer Protection Week, and uh, it goes from March 1st to March 7th. Uh, if you go to ncpw.gov, um, you can find out consumer tips and free material from government and private organizers, um, be an informed consumer, and how to avoid scams and frauds. Um, one other shout-out, and then um, to Landon Donovan, uh, America's greatest soccer player. It's his birthday today, and he's 33 years old and retired. Um, it's kind of an interesting thought to think about. Um, so with Sunday's Year of the Women, um, today actually is um, the date, because traditionally and up until recent years, March 4th was the inauguration day and the date where Congress and the president were sworn in. Um, we, today is the date the first woman in Congress was, took her seat. Um, Janet Rankin um, was seated in, I believe it was 1916, and then... Um, in 1932, 16 years later, Frances Perkins became the first woman cabinet member. Um, she served as Secretary of Labor throughout the entire um, FDR administration and uh, was quite an influential woman. Um, and coincidentally, as we celebrate the, inter- the, the International Day of the Woman, um, the longest-serving woman co- um, congresswoman, um, Barbara Mikulski, um, who started off in the House and um, now is retiring after many um, six terms in the in the Senate. Um, she and here's the interesting story. Often in Washington, you have um, stories of things becoming full circle. So, for example, many of you have heard the story of Guyana and uh, what happened there at Jim Jones Compound. Well, there was a congressman who was um, shot and killed, and actually one of her staff his staffers was shot and. Um, and that staffer actually went on to become um, a, the congresswoman um, for that very same district. She actually later on took her boss's seat and is currently serving in, in Congress. And um, Barbara Mikulski's longtime receptionist um, happens to have a, a son who's uh, quite capable. Um, he just finished um, and it just turned out as governor of Maryland. And he apparently is one of the front runners to actually succeed. Uh, Barbara Mikulski for that seat. So um, Congress has a way of, of having these interesting narratives. But um, so I want to thank um, Jane again for um, 
for being part of the show. Um, she's been a great friend of the show over the years. Um, we're going to have a, a in the future. We have a, a next show. We're going to be covering um, this documentary about cyber seniors, about efforts to teach seniors how to get understanding and actually get involved online. Um, very interesting documentary. We're going to be talking to the filmmaker about that and uh, some of the other stories we'll be following. Um, the White House has released a privacy bill of rights that is surprising, getting a surprising chilly reception from the privacy community. And uh, so we'll be talking about that in a later show as well. Um, we've also had a number of shows where we talked about um, the FTC and their endorsement guidelines. And um, they now actually, after many, um, sending out several no-action letters in which they indicated you know, this is just a warning. Next time, we're definitely going to do something. Well, for the second time in three months, they've uh, actually sanctioned a firm. And um, this time, they sanctioned a, a moving company that, uh, um, for uh, incentivizing reviews and then bragging about how great their reviews are without disclosing the key material fact that those reviews were incentivized through um, discounts and other, other means. So, um, this will become a more dangerous terrain for people to um, engage in and um, definitely need to be careful about that. Um, we, we warned, we, we discussed that for a reason. Um, and we knew it was some day would come when the FTC would start cracking the whip in, and apparently we are there. Um, we've also talked a lot about the NSA and scandal and its impact on the U.S. economy. Um, there's been some studies that we lost you know, as much as 20% of our um, business in uh, overseas cloud sales because of it. Um, now China is actually excluding um, U.S. companies from its um, procurement list um, over concerns about the NSA, particularly you know, encryption issues and backdoors allowed for the NSA. And uh, so it's you know, the bottom line is starting to happen. And I don't think we've ever we have well, I don't think we finally closed the door really on this issue. Well, we've ever fully reformed and got kind of closure. And I think as long as this continues, it will be a lingering issue that will not only hurt um, our tech community, but also um, undermine our own strength and persuasiveness in advocating internet freedom uh, abroad. And so it's a very important issue, one that I think um, this is, you know, addressing the lingering issues from the NSA and which by the way, it just seems the the breath of it just seems to expand week by week. We learn about new disclosure. Um, and it's almost like puppy shaming, you know, here's what we caught the NSA doing this week. Um, you know, it's time that this, we get our arms around this and that we define what we want the NSA to be doing. Um, and we define it in a way that is consistent with our constitution in a way that, um, protects the country um, but also does not harm our businesses, allows them to continue to do what they've been doing for years. And that is, you know, being the a dominant force abroad uh, because of a superiority of our technology and our ingenuity. So, um, you know, let's have the NSA get their job done and then let us go out and get our job done. And so that's all we have for this week. One last shout out. Congratulations to Paul Krikorian on his primary victory last night in Los Angeles. And um, But next week we'll be back um, with another edition. Um, also, another shout-out, um, this weekend is the anniversary, the 50th anniversary 
of um, Bloody Sunday with the march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge where Congressman um, was, um, and future Congressman and civil rights activist um, was beaten to, you know, and had his skull broken open, um, John Lewis. And uh, it was really a brutal scene that, that led to enactment of the Voting Rights Act of, of 1965. And so um, they will recreate that on, in Selma this weekend. Unfortunately, I can't be there. I wish I could, but uh, best wishes to everyone there. Um, this is Bennett Kelly. Um, join us next week on Cyberlaw Business Report. Follow our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter at Cyberlaw Radio and check us out at the Internet Law Center, internetlawcenter.net. This is Bennett Kelly. Course adjourned. Have a great week. Thank you. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.